First of all, could you could you just tell us uh, what the 13th floor is and what role you play there? Sure. So 13th floor haunted house is a large-scale Halloween event that takes place in Denver, Colorado. And I am the general manager of the haunted house. Gotcha. Uh, how long has the haunted house been up and running? Well, the 13th floor haunted house in Denver is now on its 18th season. And this season we opened on Friday the 13th in September. So we've been running since then, and we're open all the way through November 2nd for a regular season show. And then we do an encore weekend where we turn all the lights off and give each group a glow stick to walk through, and that's called our Blackout Weekend. That happens November 8th and 9th. Gotcha. All righty. And I know that 13th Floor is kind of located in a unique location. Can you tell us a little bit where it's located? Sure. 13th Floor is in Denver uh, at 3400 East 52nd Avenue. It's in an old building, like a giant warehouse building, that actually at one point was producing Orange Crush Soda, which is kind of neat. So um, if you were to if you were to rate it, like give it a number, um, how scary is the thirteenth floor? Well, I'd say scary is relative to different people, so it's hard to rate it. What we try to do when we're designing a haunted house is have a variety of types of scares and tapping into different types of phobias, so that we can give a little type of scare to everybody. Some people come through and they're so scared, they basically hold on to each other's shoulders. Some people bury their heads into their friends' backs and just try to make it through while they're screaming. Um, And some people come through and they get startled, but they're also laughing with one another. Um, Our goal is really to have people to have an entertaining, fun experience, and we're using horror as the vehicle of the style of entertainment we're using. So we don't want to traumatize anyone but we do want people to scream, to be startled, and to think maybe just for a moment that they're in danger, but at the same time they know they're in a professional haunted house that has already planned for their safety, so they can really let their guard down. Yeah, so speaking of planning for their safety, what do you do if it gets to be too scary for someone who has paid to come to your haunted house? If someone, I mean, occasionally, you know, we have, so, okay, so... At 13th floor, uh, we plan for safety all year round. Just like any other business, we abide by the normal building codes. We also do planning in the fact that we're intentionally putting people in a space where their anxiety is increased. So we are monitoring guests at all times, uh, at all times via cameras to make sure no one looks like they're freaking out too much. If they are, we have all secret doorways throughout the haunted house where our safety and surveillance team can pop in, see if they do want to leave. We can give them that opportunity or ask them if they need a breather for a second. All of our staff are trained to recognize when people might be starting to have a panic attack or any breathing issues. But for the most part, people self-identify if they're too scared. So if someone's too scared and they can't do it, we often see that happen about five minutes into the haunted house where you can see someone who's like, nope, nope, not for me, can't do it, can't do it. So it typically happens right away in the beginning. So our actors and staff who are towards the front of the haunted house know exactly how to quickly de-escalate that fear, say, hi, my na- even if they're in costume makeup, hi, my name is Amy, 
I'm going to help you. I'm going to take you out of the haunted house. You just have to follow me. It's going to be a little dark, but we'll be out shortly. So uh, that does happen sometimes. For the most part, we really want people to be able to make their way through the whole show. So we do mix in scares, a lot of spectacular uh, set design, things to look at that really immerse you into the experience. So you're not just freaking out the entire time. That wouldn't really be that enjoyable. And then a follow-up question. Um, I heard a rumor about that kind of situation, and I wanted to kind of figure out if it was true or not, that if you were taken out of the haunted house because uh, you thought it was too scary, you can't come back in. Is that true? No, not necessarily. With situations like this, we try to work with guests on a case-by-case basis. For example, the other night, um, we have three attractions in 13th floor. So the first one... It's called Tales of the Unknown. The second attraction is very simply named Clown. And the third one is called The Other Side. Um, Two nights ago, I had a couple who, after the first house, after Tales of the Unknown, they said they were too scared, and my performance manager greeted them, brought them out into the egress hallway, which is basically emergency exit hallway that surrounds the haunted house in the case of emergency. And there's more lights out there, and there's no one trying to scare you there. And um, he called me over. I met with them, and they said, you know, we're pretty scared. I said, uh, there was a gentleman who didn't seem as scared. He was pretty eager to get back in. And then the girl seemed a little nervous, and I asked her, you know, what are you thinking? Do you want to leave? And she said, no, I really want to do it. And what if I want to leave, you know, at any point in time? And I said, why don't I just walk through with you guys? So I actually just walked with them. And they, they were able to make it, and she did scream and was startled. Uh, at least 30 more times in the attraction before she exited. Uh, but I gave them the option. If they wanted to leave, they could. Sometimes guests do get the courage back up and they want to go back in. So if they're there on the same night, we will allow them to go back in. It's hard for us if someone said, like, oh, I want to come back in a week. You know, we have thousands of guests come through, so it's difficult to accommodate that type of request. But um, we typically try to make sure if guests are too scared, they're able to exit the haunted house, and if they want more scares, that we can pump up the thrill factor for them. Right on. So um, what about the other way around? Is there safety precautions for the performers? You know, um, I'm I'm sure some guests, uh, you know, when they get scared, fight or flight turns on, and they're not trying to fly away. Absolutely. So when guests get scared in a haunted house like 13th floor, a typical reaction is to sort of throw your hands up when you're startled. Your whole body kind of rises up. Or you drop down, right? So when we're teaching actors, sort of actor training, scare training prior to the season starting, and we're talking about designing scares, we're typically trying to give a good amount of distance so that the actors never accidentally get hit. Some guests, it's it's very seldom that a guest has an intentional desire to hit an actor, but once in a while someone wants to do that. So we try to always make sure, we always make sure actors have a way to retreat from the area where guests are, sort of have what we call a scare pocket, so they can go away. If they see, oh, there's a group of rowdy guests, we're probably not going to scare that person if they're coming in a room being like, I'm going to hit the next person who scares me. We tell the actor, like, that is not worth it. Guess what? The next group after that, they're waiting for the scare. So don't try to engage with someone who's threatening to be violent. Even if they're being playful, that's not worth it for our employees and our actor safety. So when we train people in scaring, we're often training them not to lead with their face 
you know, like you're leading with your body more. So you're actually kind of putting your leg and body in between the guests in your head. Since that's a place people tend to rise their hands up to the most. So we, when we're designing scares, we're trying to make sure there's a good amount of distance between the guests and the actor, but that there's an illusion to the guests that they're so close that they might get them, you know? That leads right into another question we had. So if uh, your performers are kind of put in a dangerous situation, an almost stressful job, how do you choose the performers who you feel are fit for this position? Well, I guess I'd back up, and I don't think they're in a dangerous situation. Like I said, the haunted house is a very safe setting. There's lots of warnings and guidelines before you go in about guest behavior, and we're monitoring guests at all times. So we will, if we see guests who they are saying things like pushing props around and stuff, and we're like, wow, this person looks like a danger, we will go talk to them, issue them a warning, and say, you know, you can't touch the props, you can't touch the actors. If you're going to continue behaving like this, we'll have to ask you to leave. This doesn't happen very often. Most of the time, guests come through, they get scared, they have a great time. Um, with selecting actors, it's a, it sort of depends. We need a variety of different types of performers, from people who can sort of do jump scares, as well as jugglers, fire performers, improvisational actors who can deliver dialogue. So, there's a lot of consideration that goes into who we're selecting for those types of roles. Gotcha. Um, and how do you, how do you train an actor to uh, become a uh, someone someone scary? So there's all different ways to train actors. We use what we call the triple S system. So that's where we're teaching actors that the number one first priority is always safety, safety of yourself, safety of our guests. The second priority we call specialization. So when you come to 13th Floor Haunted House, it's not just someone popping out and saying boo. That is cute and adorable and a Halloween staple. We all know boo is a Halloween staple. Um, but that's not something that people want to pay for when they go through a particularly professional haunted house. So we have certain roles that are designed scares. They're designed in certain ways where you're distracted in one direction of the room and then the scare comes from the other side. Um, so that's sort of the specialization is staying within your role and doing a certain sequence that we've designed for you that will get the best effect. And then the third S is actually scary. And that's, you know, surprising, I think, to most guests that the third priority in the actor training system is the scare part. And that's because if an actor decides like, oh, this is scary, if I get up on this wall and jump down, this is scary, sure. But that might not be safe. So we always teach them safety is the most important, number one thing, and then specialization is second. And if you're doing those two those two things, the third is going to come naturally, which is the actual scare, the startle. Cool. Um, can you tell me about the, uh, I believe I'm going to write the class axe throwing? What's that? So on our property, we have uh, a separate section of the building that's called class axe. So that's um, you probably heard, like, you're probably aware that axe throwing is trending nationally right now. It's an activity where guests can uh, throw axes at a target, and there's sort of different variety of games. During the haunted house season, during the Halloween season, when the haunted house that's adjacent to class axe is open, guests can try it out. If they don't want to commit to a whole hour long activity, they can pay $5 for five throws, get a taste of what axe throwing is like pretty cool there's actually leagues um we're starting in denver in 2020 
people can sign up for leagues just the way people do bowling, but it's with axe throwing instead. Hmm. One experience you guys offer that I know I'm very interested in uh, is the sensory overload. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that and how somebody could get through that, like the best way they could get through that? Sure. So sensory overload is an additional tra- a ticketed attraction. This is an attraction that's in almost complete darkness where we're tapping into your senses, your sense of smell, your sense of touch, and you have to, your sense of sound, you have to feel your way through this attraction. Um, so we tell guests, you know, you have to put your hands in front of you and kind of feel your way through. Um, most guests exit this attraction in about 10 minutes or less. Um, some people, it takes them a little bit longer. They get turned around. There are a few rooms that are designed that you can sort of lose track of time in if you can't find your way out of it. Um, and then towards the end, there are a few elements of, or effects with some lighting that add to that sensory experience. Um, but we've actually seen that attraction being extremely popular this year. Um, when we designed that attraction, the idea wasn't just sort of your startle scares of more of tapping into when you're in the darkness, like what your mind starts to fill in the blank space with, like, oh my gosh, is there a scary monster over there? Or is someone going to jump out? Or what's going to happen next? Um, and this is something people have seemed really drawn to. And by the time they actually get their way out of the attraction, they feel really good. Like they did it. They achieved something like kind of like an adventure. You know, you yeah, feel like, like a hero. Room. Yeah. Which we do also have many escape rooms. There are five minute escape rooms. A group of up to eight people can do those at a time. Um, so that's pretty fun. What we're trying to really do at 13th floor haunted house here in Denver is have a whole Halloween experience. So, we don't want you just to, you know, hop out of your car, go through the haunted house, go home. We want you to come in. You can go through the haunted house. If you're up for it, you can do sensory overload. You and your friends or family can try an escape game, see if you can accomplish that. Um, you know, there we also have food and drinks, uh, merchandise, things people can buy. We have fire dancers on the weekend. This year we have a brand-new large-scale custom projection that we designed that looks like the side of the building has sort of come to life and there's a mad factory inside and some of our characters come out of the elevator that you see in this projection. Um, Yeah, so we're trying to make a little something for everybody. So if you're just a haunted house fan, you're coming to get the screams, we've got that for you. But if you're someone who's been dragged along with that haunted house fan and you're more (laughs) impressed by you know, cool, this whole projection is coming to life in front of me, and there's, like, these very talented fire performers, and, like, I want to try my best in a speed game, that there's a little something for everybody. I, I used to go a lot when I was a teenager, and it's a great place to go with friends. Uh, great date spot if you're looking for something scary. <laughs> yeah, I actually but, got to go for the opening weekend. Oh, nice. That was the first time I'd ever gone, and it was pretty cool. It's pretty fun, but uh, something I couldn't do as a, as a teenager, and I, I think this is going to be... One of our last questions here. Uh, something I couldn't do as a teenager is go to the Shriek Easy. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the Shriek Easy? Sure. So the Shriek Easy bar is, uh, we have a bar that's also in part of the building of the Haunted House where guests can enter. It's sort of a spooky-themed environment. They can buy creepy-themed cocktails, like we have a red rum punch and a witch's brew. Uh, the red rum punch has a gummy eyeball in it. The witch's brew has a gummy worm in it. We have all different types of a beer selection as well as, like, seltzers. We also sell Coca-Cola products. 
Um, we partnered with Papa John's this year, so every night at the Haunted House, we have Papa John's pizza, as well as specialty popcorn and other snacks. Um, so we do see a lot of people, like, we've even had parents come, and they've said, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to go in, but I might just go and have a beer and sit and hang out in the street easy while my children go through the show. Or people who come after they've gone through the show, maybe get a drink, cool down, talk about what their experiences was like with one another. And then also, of course, once in a while, people, you know, on a weeknight, they come to the haunted house. They're trying to transition from their stressful day at work to getting into an entertainment mode. And that's where one of those cocktails or a beer can be just the right amount of liquid courage to really fuel you up (laughs) going through the show. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us.